FM Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning. It's actually Blake and Lawson, and Lyle is still in the kitchen fixing that kitchen. I'm proud of him. That's right. He never stops. Correct. He, he's just, I better be a really good kitchen for Shell. He's just spinning those wrenches, hitting those Hammers with hammers. Well, he's not hitting the hammers. He's using the hammers to he might. hit things. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I don't think there's ever a case where you beat up other hammers. Maybe there is. What if you're making a hammer with other hammers? Wow, well, heavy stuff. I didn't think about that. Boom, boom, mind explosion. And I've got some mind exploding things that we're going to talk about today uh-huh. that involve a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not going to get into it just yet because uh-huh. I am just. It's just like. I just like don't even know how to process what's happening in the world right now. But it's before we get control. into that, what are you blakeful for? What, are what you am I blakeful for? for? What am right. I blakeful for? Um, I am blakeful for. Uh, <laughs> I'm blakeful for weddings. <laughs> really? Yeah. So this weekend, I am going to go down to Maruya, uh, which is kind of near Canberra, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a beautiful wedding celebration from one of our friends who used to work at RTM Church. Mm. Uh, and they're getting married, uh, Tara and Lockie. Yeah. Super Amazing. cool. I'm excited. Shout out to them. And one of my biggest, uh, I mean, it's cool they're getting uh, married, but also it's the food. So the food at the wedding is what I'm actually looking forward oh. to. Yeah. But oh, cool. also a blessing on their marriage. And I'm happy for that as well, too. But man, I'm looking forward to a celebration. Of food, of food and fun and front and fun and friends and weddings are great. I'm I'm always I've never been to a bad wedding so far, so maybe I'm lucky. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was some beautiful bluegrass on "I'm on the Battlefield" by Summer Brook and Mountain Faith. <laughs> Those are the coolest names, Summer Brook and Mountain, Mountain Faith. Faith. I'm, Absolutely. I'm literally. I'm considering. I'm considering those names for future children. They've they've just been put in the uh, put on the list. Who knows? Maybe, dude. I could. I love Mountain. Totally see you legally changing your name to Mountain Faith. Mountain Faith. You know what? I actually. I've also considered Rifle Penland. Just throw it Rifle. Out there. Yeah, I don't know why. I just think it's a cool name. So it's uh, it's it's kind of explosive. You know, <laughs> that is. <laughs> Dad jokes this morning on Faith FM, the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson. We got a quiz. What's happening? All right. What river was turned to blood? 0491-064-669 in the Bible. What river was turned to blood? If you know the answer, you will go into the draw to win Advent for Kids and Advent to amazing devotional books that you can work through as a family during the month of December. These are December devotionals considering and discussing and understanding and celebrating the advent of Jesus Christ, his first coming to this world. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And if you do, or if you don't, you just want to take a shot, you know, Say the Amazon or something. What river don't was give turned it, it, it to blood? It could be. You don't want to get. It could be anything. You don't want to like say it in a way that then they don't even attempt the Amazon. Like let them make their own choices, Lawson. Could be the Murray River, <laughs> or here in Hunter, Australia, the Hunter, the Hunter River, right flowing right through Just Newcastle. Te- text that in. A day. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is won't. the number to call. <laughs> All right, we are. 
Sorry, that one got me for sure. Uh, lost. We're having a good time here this morning here on uh, Faith FM. And I do love hearing from you good news because the news. world is full of garbage news. Uh-huh. A lot of garbage news. So, so what's some good news? So some good news. You know, I'm just going to talk about myself for a little bit because I can't. <laughs> I didn't get to talk about what I'm grateful for yesterday. Well, next Sunday, I'm doing triathlon. And, oh, oh, oh. and I've done my running training. Got a down pat. Running, easy. No problem. Did my cycling training. In the bag. Easy, easy. I haven't done any swimming. Mm, until could drown because that's the first leg. That's right. (laughs) Until yesterday. I went to the pool and I swam like 2Ks. And yeah, feeling good, feeling feeling strong. Look at you. And and because the length, because I'm doing like an entire triathlon, it's like super duper short, especially the swim, because they're like, don't want Sorry, people. Did you say enticer? Yeah. Like it entices you into doing more triathlon. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So the swim's only 350 meters. The the swim's only 350 meters, and I haven't swam a lap of a pool in like eight years. So I'm like, better. Better, Better see if I can know how to swim. And, dude, after, like, the first I, – I, um, I was in a 25-meter pool. So, like, that's 14 lengths of the pool is 350 meters in a 25-meter. After, like, four lengths, like, 100 meters, I'm, like, almost drowning. I'm, like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and then I just started thinking about, oh, just, like, you know, get my – because I'm, like, I'm fit. Like, I can run. I can cycle. Like, this is a this is a technique thing. This is a psychological thing. I'm, like, okay, just think about, you know, getting my stroke right, like, looking at the, you know, the bottom and taking breaths at the right time. And then at the end, I did, I did like, the, the race distance. I did it, like, six times. Right. Just, like, I'd do it and then stop and then do it again and stop and do it again and have, like, a minute break in between. I'm, like, dude, I'm ch-. And I was, like, sprinting at the end. So, I'm, I'm like, chilling. I'm, like. You're ready to go. I'm ready you're gonna go, to go. You're going to go entice yeah. that triathlon right into your life. And what I, how I wanted to relate this to good news to the people, to the people out there, is that swimming is fantastic. It is fantastic exercise. I agree with that, it is. So, like. Right now, I'm, like, doing my running training, and something that I always have to balance is, like, the length of the run, the speed of the run, and I really have to think about my technique because if you run incorrectly, you can get shin splints. If you want to go and ride a bicycle, you have to go buy a bike, and, you know, I've invested, bought a bike, bought cleats and pedals and and those kinds of things and, like, the bike pants and everything. Dude, if you want to swim, just chuck some boardies on or buy, like, a bathing suit for relatively cheap. It's, like... $5 $5 per session and you can go into the pool for as long as you want. You pay five bucks and it's just fantastic. It's actually free in some places. In, in a lot of places yeah. it's free. I in went to your the, neighbor's backyard. That's right. Just, you know, the ocean. The ocean. Yeah, the river. Right. It is a fantastic a exercise. No uh, impact as well, which is like the big reason why a lot of people avoid running. I think particularly for a lot of people trying to get back into exercise, like, you know, I've, I've just talked to people recently and they're like, oh, you know, I tried to go for a run, but then my shins were hurting and, you know, I was dying and da-da-da, just like jump in the pool, just grab a kickboard, just take it slow, go for a swim and you'll feel so good. And it's like as well- And it's coming into summer too. Yeah, exactly. And we got the Newcastle baths as well. Yeah. Don't but, forget that. But that's the thing. You can do it indoors in a heated pool that's like, oh, nice. Nope, stay and hard. fun. Or you can stay hard <laughs> and uh, go outside. Like, it's just fantastic exercise. I just had the, I, I just wanted to share that. Good news Eye-opening. to everyone. Go swim in the pool. I love, like, going, I love going for a good surf. Like, for me, I just, mm. there's nothing really better than hitting the waves, doing a nice surf, and uh, just feeling the sunshine, feeling the waves. 
mm-hmm. and uh, just hopefully catching a catching a barrel. That's mm. like the ultimate, but it doesn't always happen. I've never caught a barrel before. I've, I have maybe, only a few. Maybe I need life. to change it up. Maybe I need to get into. I'm surfing. a big boy, so it's got to be a decent sized yeah, barrel. Yeah, it's got to be. got to be big. Yeah. yeah, but I have I have caught a few, and they are life changing. Wow. <laughs> You come out of a barrel and you're just like, this kind of sounds what like, am I doing with my life? This kind of sounds like spiritualism, Blake. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm worried. Well, surfing in God's nature is kind of spiritual, but I wouldn't say it's spiritualism. Okay. Uh, but I really love being out in nature and surfing. And a lot of times, it's kind of weird. I actually write songs in my head while I'm surfing. It's one of my number one songwriting spots. Dude, when I was swimming yesterday, I'm like, I'm like okay, I've done two lengths. 12 more lengths to go. 11 more lengths to go. You can do this. You got this. 11. You eat that for breakfast, 11 lengths. Like, you eat lengths for breakfast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10 lengths to go. Oh, that's nothing. I'm like just talking myself. I'm like, push, push, push. And then I'd be like, I think, actually, a song that we played just before the show started, How Firm a Foundation by Chelsea Moon. I literally had that in my head. Like, it's like swimming like to the beat of my stroke. So it's like, like, what more can he say than to you? And I'm like, straight. This so can't funny. stop, won't stop. Because I'm just like, I gotta push it. Okay, in other news, yes. for the majority of students, ooh, their ooh, semester ooh. is coming to an end today. Today is the last day really? of exams. Now I can hang out with my friend Mark. And he told me not to talk to him until after exams. And that includes <laughs> me. Today is my last day oh, really? of exams. And so I'm pleading on the Faith FM lessons. As much as this is good news, you know, because it's coming to an end... Pray for me, please. You got an exam today? I, I have an exam today. A Hebrew Whoa. exam. Hebrew exam. That's right. So I've been learning Hebrew for the last semester. And I basically, I've passed the course already before I've gotten to the final exam. Because right. I've got like n- HDs on all of my Whoa. assignments. Oh, Tel Aviv and, flex right and there. And so I'm like, Israel. I'm out here like, I'm, al- I'm almost Jewish basically. <laughs> Except now I've come to this final exam. And I, you know, just just looking forward to it, and you know, would like prayer. What's so funny, Blake? <laughs> it's just like, a, like that's all it takes. Now you're basically you're Jewish because now you know the language. It actually reminds me of the story that we're going to talk about in just a little yeah. bit as well, too. But hey, like you can you can become a citizen of Israel. Okay. I guess you'd become Israeli. Yeah. I should have said that. Yeah, okay. I'm almost Israeli. Okay, there. I'll that, take that's, that a little that's bit. What I, that's what I was supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, Basically I guess Jewish. Like, like Jewish is like an ethnic group. Is, <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be an area. Now it's like an ethnic group. Okay, I'm almost Israeli. <laughs> you know, I could I could become a citizen of the country of Israel because of my Hebrew It's a beautiful ability. country. I've been over there. It's it's awesome, actually. You're loving it? I, I loved it. I, the Dead Sea was one of my favorite spots because you, you don't float, you fly. Did you swim? Yeah, I did. It was really, really cool. And you cool. were just like hovering around? Well, I was having a great time until I got uh, the salt water in my eyes and started crying profusely. Yeah, of course. Profusely. You're not supposed to put your head on Yeah, I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it's not like I was like, ah! I gotta do this no it was an accident and then got my eyes and i started crying so you have to run out shower off and then you get back in and then you cover yourself in all this like dead sea mud oh beautiful my wow. skin was glowing <laughs> it was really good oh that's amazing <laughs> good that's... news though that's cool well i'm glad that all the students are done mm-hmm. with because now i get to hang out 
That's right. We get to hang out with them. We get to minister the, to them, not on campus. They get to relax, which is fantastic. But yeah, pray for the students as it's the last day of exams and pray for me because I would like to get good marks. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, we are going to talk about some news, but before we get into that, I need another quiz question. In what hour did Jesus die? Oh. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you will go into the draw to win Advent for Kids or Advent, our two amazing devotional, December devotionals we're giving away, talking about the Advent and what's going down. You know, it's interesting. We can retrospectively look back through the scriptures to find that answer, mm-hmm. but they could have also looked forward because of prophecy Amen. as well, too. So that's a really cool thing that both on both sides of that event, there was scriptural evidence to say exactly what time Jesus would have died. And I mm. think that's really, really cool. Mm. I want to shout out Georgetown, not Ohio, not, not a university, <laughs> yeah, a university in Washington, D.C., but Georgetown, Tasmania on 88.0 FM. We just want to shout out to you guys in Georgetown. If you're listening, please send us a text. Thank you so much for listening all the way down there in that wild land of Tasmania. Yeah. Georgetown, Tasmania. We love him. We absolutely do. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm not. So I'm going to share some news that I'm not ready for. Uh First off, I'm going to start just a little... Just a little side note, and then we're going to get into the other part. But the first part, before we get into the Korean stuff, mm. Dylan Mulvaney and Caitlyn Jenner are duking it out on trans Twitter. Okay, who are these people? Okay, so Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. Who are these people? Uh-huh. Okay, Dylan Mulvaney, I'll get to her, him. I don't know how to print. I don't know what's it's going on them. 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 Yeah, That'll, I'll get to that person. That keeps us safe. Yeah, that keeps us safe. I'll get to that person after I get to this person, Caitlyn Jenner, who okay. used to be a dude named, named Bruce, Bruce Jenner, Jenner, who used to be like the one of the greatest athletes in American history, yeah. in reality. Th- this dude was like the athlete. Yeah. Like the, crazy. One good. of the greatest track and field athletes of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Of all time. Anyway, Bruce Jenner no longer. He now... They now, oh man, this is going to be real tricky. Yeah, that person identifies as a person named Caitlyn Jenner Mm -hmm. uh, as a trans woman. I think that's how this story goes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, pretty famous person connected to the Kardashians. You probably know Caitlyn Jenner. You probably heard of that person. But Dylan Mulvaney is new onto the scene in the last year. I would say last two hundred some days. And he was, they were, sorry, they were invited to go to the White House to talk about gender affirmation, you know, healthcare. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden and Dylan had a lengthy interview conversation, and Joe Biden was just, you know, talking to this person. And if you've watched uh, Dylan's, Videos. I mean, to be honest, they're they're kind of they're just crazy. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this person identifies as a female mm-hmm. when they are clearly anatomically not mm-hmm. to the point that it, that's this is why Caitlyn uh, and Dylan are having this feud because he's literally like calling out Dylan, saying, "We can clearly see you're anatomically not." 
this person because of the clothing that you're wearing. And now there's like this huge feud going on on Twitter. And I find it interesting. This is this is really interesting that Caitlin texted this. Uh, I want to bring this up here on the on my phone here. It's their Twitter account, and uh, they say, "I have never received more death threats, death threats to my team, nasty hate mail than this week." It is all from the so-called quote inclusive LGBT community. I'm so disgusted by the hateful individuals threatening my life for giving my opinions on news topics of the day. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do find that interesting. Like if <clears throat> the inclusive community, the inclusive LGBTQ, LGBTQ community is only inclusive if you include their ideology mm-hmm. in your dialogue. So mm-hmm. the moment you disagree with them, you get thrown under the bus, thrown mm-hmm. under the train. You get just absolutely trampled down by the LGBTQ community because, quote-unquote, you're not being inclusive mm. if you're not including their narrative, right? Mm. So that's what's happening. All this is going on. It's like a Twitter feud. It's a trans-Twitter war. And in the middle of all this is the bright beacon of light, mm-hmm. Ollie London. Yeah. Just before we, before we move on to him, I, I, I think that this is interesting, like what you're saying, because like the point of what we're basically trying to say is in this community that, that preaches inclusion, it's very easy to get ousted. And I think of like, for example, like, and, and think about what is going on with Caitlyn Jenner. She's receiving like death threats. It's and, like, crazy. Like and in. They're like one of the most celebrated trans women woman trans people yeah. out there and they're getting death threats yeah. by that community. You know, I remember like Kanye West becomes in 2019, 2018, 2019 he's like I'm Christian now and Some releases a, a Christian yeah. album mm-hmm. and people are like pretty critical about it because it wasn't a very good album and simultaneously like there was just firstly like musically but wow. second but secondarily like Kanye had said some stuff that was like like he's like Christian but then things that were like just doctrinally that didn't make sense to most Christians and it's like what was the Christian response like a lot of Christians were like oh Kanye we we don't really agree with what you're saying we don't really agree with well, you know, it's like cool that you've become a Christian, but we're kind of skeptical of this. And people are like, wow, Christians are so mean and awful for having an opinion on Kanye and not accepting him, even though like our, like the Christian, the majority of the Christian response was just like, hey, we don't really agree. And then with, in the LGBT community, it's like someone like Caitlyn Jenner says something that they don't agree with. And it's like, oh, we're going to kill we're you. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. Yeah. And it shows, well, the Bible says by their fruits, you shall know them. Mm. And Talking about all of this process and everything that's happening, Ollie London. So Ollie London is a UK Korean pop star slash social media hey, it's, thing. It's a little bit confusing <laughs> to define. Yeah, I, how do you define? How does one define Ollie London? I'm not sure. So I know this because I used to listen to a fair bit of Korean music, and okay. so don't judge me for that. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm I'm following Jesus now. Uh, but no, so essentially Ollie London, he is a guy from the UK who, like a lot of people, just got like really obsessed with the Korean, you know, Korean music and the Korean aesthetic and decided to move to Korea, have like 28 plastic surgeries to try and make himself look more Korean. Like, actually, it's 32. Well, he had 32. 
Well, he had 28 initially. I'm sorry that I know this. You got to keep up with this man's yeah, plastic surgery. Yeah, he had 28 initially because his goal was to make himself look like a Korean idol. But then yeah. it went into identifying as a woman, which is a recent thing. So the, the article says here, Ollie London underwent 32 plastic surgeries, totaling over $300,000 to make him look like a Korean woman, despite being born a white man. Mm-hmm. And then he planned to, fur- like he then further planned to travel to Bangkok, Thailand to undergo Gender reassignment surgery and to receive breast implants, mm. but was convicted by God. In his own words, he says, I was going to church and I was thinking, why am I doing this? What's mm. the reason behind this? God made me the way that I, that I am, and I shouldn't be chasing this. It's just not right. And he goes on to say, I was just experiencing gender dysphoria, and I would have ruined my life and been super unhappy. And then he added that finding God and reading the Bible contributed to his now, detransition. Quote, he says, I actually started going to church three months ago. Yeah. And I go several times a week now. I've been reading the Bible. I've been learning online and watching YouTube videos about the teaching of Jesus. And that's really helped me in my detransition. It made me realize that God made me the way he did. And I should just stick with mm. who I am. Like, be who I am and just find happiness. And then he pushed back on the same transgender community, the ideology, and shared that the transgender community have criticized him now for detransitioning, just like we're talking yeah. about with Dylan and with Caitlin. And he says, I almost feel like the trans lobby has become a cult. Mm. Hmm. I agree with that. Mm. I left the trans community and suddenly they attacked me. They try to dehumanize me. They call me names online. They compare me to some very horrible people. I saw one tweet comparing me to Hitler. Mm. But you but you know I just ignore that and I don't pay attention to the hate. Uh, so he goes on to finally say, I just want to speak up because there are a lot of people out there who are confused about who they are. Mm. I just want people to be the way they are born, the way that God intended. Children should not be transitioning. Yeah. So Powerful I, words. I think this is a really, really powerful story because with Ollie London, like... Again, this is someone who is relatively well-known, particularly in, like, the the Korean K-pop-interested community. Because this didn't start with, I'm going to become a woman. It started with, he wanted to become Korean. So, he wanted to literally be transracial, which is something that is still, like, even by the LGBT community, is seen as, like, oh, that's kind of gnarly, right? Because, like, cultural appropriation and that being bad and wrong, you know, like, it's, 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 they're really conflicting views yet they're both held at the same time and so for like a lot of that community it was like oh ollie london that meme guy who thinks he's korean like he was like made fun of a lot because it's like who does this guy think he is he's, what he, he's got to like become korean and and do all the stuff and and so he was like a bit of a joke and then again like it, it's pushed him to the place where he's like oh like because ultimately he was confused He's oh, looking for identify so. identity and he's struggling with it and to the point where he's like, oh, now I'm going to become a woman. But it's powerful. It's like he, you've seen through persistent, whether it was transracialism or transgenderism, right throughout his story, he is he's looking for identity. He's looking for somewhere where he fits in, uh, which is a battle that we all go through. And yet he's finally getting answers. Yeah. Because he's looking to Jesus. That's right. He's looking to Jesus. And 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 this is the thing. Again, he has been chasing, like, oh, I need to become more Korean. Korean or more I need to become womanly. more like a yeah. woman. So mm-hmm. then I need to spend money. I need to change who I am. Whereas he's gone, no, I need to follow Jesus because he's who created me. 
and I can be exactly who I am in Christ. Amen. I, I think that this story just shows the power of the Word of God. Mm. It shows the power of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And when we can find truly and honestly our identity in our Creator, when we understand that we are created in the image of God and we are a child of God first and foremost before anything else, when we just look at ourselves in the mirror and we recognize and understand we're okay because mm. we are a child of God, it's a beautiful thing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, that was a wild conversation that Mm -hmm. we had, but I need a quiz question from you right now. What New Testament book is referred to as a history of the early church? Hmm. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Advent for Kids and Advent, the book... This, these are amazing December devotional books that you can work your way through considering the birth, the advent, the first coming of Jesus as we celebrate it during the December. So 0491-064-669. What New Testament book is referred to as a history of the early church? Hmm. Thank you, Lawson. We are now going to dive into a really exciting conversation with Don Batten. I hope I said your last name right, Don. Can you hear us? Good morning, Don. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Well, really good. Awesome. It's uh, it's a little bit early, uh, I know, <laughs> this morning, but we're happy that you're live with us here on the show. And what I'm hearing is we're going to have a conversation about some bridges that aren't built so well. Is that right? Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. No bridge at all. <laughs> so bridges that don't, the bridges that were burned that didn't exist in the first place. That's uh, right, yeah. So uh, help us walk us through uh, this idea of from monkeys to man. What's uh, what's going on with that? Well, you, probably everybody's heard of the idea that we're only 1% difference in our DNA with chimps, and uh, chimps are supposed to be our closest relative according to evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that that's a myth. Uh, the 1% difference is a myth. It's been a myth for quite some time. Uh, but nevertheless, people still think this because it was bandied around so much. And they think, oh, 1% is not much difference, so you know, evolution must be real. But 1% difference is big anyway, regardless, because um, yeah, it's not like getting 99% in math tests at school. You know, that sort of sounds pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, I wish not, I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but 1% difference, if you think about the fact that we've got – 3,000 million letters, chemical letters on our DNA, 3,000 million. Wow. Uh, 1% 1 difference is 30 million letters. So 1% is a big difference, but the difference is more like 15%, maybe as high as 30%, but certainly at least 15% difference, which is 450 million letters on our DNA difference between a chimp and a human. And there's just no... Are very different, and there's no way that any natural process can bridge that in there. They claim it's seven million years since we split off from chimps, um, and that evolution is mutations uh, and natural selection will bridge this gap. But there's no way that can happen. No way. And, and uh, modern real science, you know, laboratory science, where we've discovered the DNA, for example, 
and that sort of thing um, shows us that there's no way this can be achieved through mutations in natural selection or even like evolution. No way it can be achieved. Um, in fact, there's a study published uh, just a few years ago called the waiting time problem, the waiting time problem. Um, and the waiting time is a waiting time for these mutations to occur, even assuming they can even occur. Uh, how long would it take to get the mutations required for this to happen? The mutations are accidental changes in the existing information. So from some uh, common ancestor with a chimp seven million years ago, uh, some accidental changes happened in the DNA as they had babies uh, and then those babies grew up and they had babies and they grew up and they had babies and these accidental changes changed a chimp-like creature into a human in seven million years. This is the story that we're told in school and on nature documentaries right. and National Geographic and wherever you look, in, in museums and you name it, it's everywhere. Uh, this, is what, this is where we came from. So God didn't take dust and make a man and take his rib and make a woman. That didn't happen. Uh, this all happened by natural processes, apparently. And then, of course, people think they can live life as if God doesn't exist because we know how we got here. God had nothing to do with it. Right. So, so that's how that's how it goes. And the, the secularization of our country is resting on this lie. That's what it is: a lie that evolution explains our existence. And uh, so, this waiting time problem, published in the Secular Journal. Um, what they found when they actually modeled this idea in a, in a computer model, so you can actually, you know, put these genes and the mutations and the generation time, you know, generation time of 20 years in a human-like population. So, you know, you have a baby, it takes 20 years before it can grow up mm-hmm. and have, have another baby, and then there's another 20 years before that baby can grow up and have another baby. So you've got 40 years to get perhaps two mutations, right, and then... So on. So, um, so how long would it take to get just two mutations lined up, two letters lined up on the DNA in this creature evolving towards becoming human? How long would it take? You think? Mm-hmm. So we need we need four hundred and fifty million letters, right? <laughs> so just to put it put it. How long would it take to get two lined up together? <laughs> uh, it take it it takes eighty four million years just to get two letters lined up and on the DNA. Four hundred and fifty million that are needed. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm not good at math, but that's a lot more. You know, it's why it's why when you look at the the historical narrative of the theory of evolution, the years keep getting longer. Like when they well, first well, started talking about it, you know, uh, in the 1800s, and then the 1900s, and now the 2000s, like the years just seem to get longer and longer and longer. At least that's what I've well, noticed. Well, that happened for a time. That's right, and uh, you know, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, and but it's pretty pretty stable now for probably fifty years. So they've snookered themselves though because they've rabbited on about how you know the Earth's four and a half billion years old, and and uh, you know we came from chimps seven, a common ancestor of chimps seven million years ago, and this is all. Um, pretty much dogma now. The actual time frame it varies a bit, but not 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 that much. Um, and so they don't, they can't get any more time. They thought they had plenty of time before modern science actually told us what they've got to achieve with this time. 
and they don't have enough time. Nowhere near enough time. <laughs> so, so they keep so adding. What... They keep adding time and and make it like they just get a ridiculous number. Of like, okay, as long as we have this much time, it, it can work. And then they do more research and find out. Hey, do you remember that ridiculous amount of time that we put in place? It's still not enough time to do what that's we're right. doing. Wow. No, nowhere near enough time. Proving themselves and wrong. That's right. Yeah, but they don't, they won't admit that. They won't admit that because uh, the alternative to believe that God made us is unacceptable. So, so they'll they'll hang on to evolution no matter what. So oh, we'll find out one day how it works. You know, but you know the, the thing is. The thing is, the more we learn about the living things, the more uh, incredulous you have to be to believe in evolution because uh, it really doesn't stack up. And, uh, you know, the, the stuff being discovered inside living things is just just gobsmackingly amazing, you know, like uh, the, the machinery inside our cells and things is just amazing. You know, you can hop on YouTube and find animations of some of the biochemistry that's happening inside us and... Uh, it's just sophistication beyond belief. Um, it's far beyond anything we can dream of inventing, you know. And yet, and yet we're told all just happened by natural processes, yeah. you know, like all this like, you know, irreducible complexity just happened to come together. They just rolled the dice, and where the dice come from? But they rolled the <laughs> dice, and now all of a sudden, everything is working just perfectly. Uh, and the heartbeat is just happens to just keep on going all the time, and the brain, the synapses, the neurons, the the eye alone is. We had a we had a guest on a few weeks ago talking about just the the complexity of just the eye and the impossibility oh, yeah. of it uh, evolving. It's it's so That's interesting. It's so interesting to me that and we're and. I want to go back to what you're talking about with the the DNA lettering. So you're, you're basically saying to get two changes. Two just two letter changes. You'd have to. It, it's an eighty-four million year wait, and they need minimum thirty million changes. If even if it was one well, percent, but really, it's actually four hundred and fifty million changes. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. So you got it. How how can I don't understand? How can you justify like as a as a scientist, as a reputable researcher, to to say? Yeah, this is the amount of time that it happened when clearly that's not enough millions of years for and we're, and we're just talking about the transition from monkey to man. How do we even get to the monkey? Like let's not forget that part as well too. So I just well, it's such yeah. a crazy statistical anomaly like I don't understand how you can justify it. Like well, well you can't. Well, I think there's a lot of burying heads in sand and hoping there's not a problem. You know, that's that's basically what it is. And uh, uh, it, it's not a new uh, understanding. Uh, the fellow by the name of Haldane, um, you know, probably seventy years ago now, uh, he he it was actually called Haldane's dilemma because he did some calculations. You know, this is before computer modelling and before what's before we even knew. The, the big difference between chimps and humans. Um, and he did some, some uh, calculations and showed that on the basis of his assumptions, um, he could get 1,667 mutations, they call fixed in the population. In other words, they're common to everything in the population. 
1,667. But he made a lot of assumptions which made evolution even possible. I mean, even the 84 million years for two letters, that makes that makes assumptions that makes evolution even possible, right? Okay. In other words, it's even being generous to evolution to get right. the 84 million years, you know. Um, and Haldane, Haldane's dilemma goes back many decades, and but it's been confirmed in spades by this modern computer modelling. Um, and so uh, the evolutionists were challenged about Haldane's dilemma. Oh, no, it's been solved. Yeah, where? Uh, well, no, it's been solved. Let's talk about something else. Right. <laughs> and that seems to be that seems to be the common dialogue. In all in all honesty, it's like, hey, let's stop talking about that stuff that we don't want to talk about anymore because we all know the truth already. And when as so, I haven't always been a Christian. So as I became a Christian about fifteen years ago, uh, I, I had some serious questions about how this whole thing came together called life and earth and the universe and everything. And as I started yeah. studying creation science, it was probably the most helpful uh, building block of my foundation, probably the co- a big cornerstone of my foundation uh, for faith was understanding and recognizing an intelligent designer who I believe is the uh, you know Judeo-Christian God of the Bible, uh, Yahweh, mm. you know, God the Father, and, yeah. and Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit are you know, working together to just create the universe. And I'm just, I've been so surprised by how little people know about creation science when it is so incredible and just literally pokes giant holes in this theory called evolution, right? Well, yeah, well, not only pokes holes in the theory, but it points to the glory of God, you know, like when, when you see... Amen. When you see when you see some of this stuff inside living cells and and, and what's happening, you're like, um, you know, people people can look up on the internet, look up uh, ATP synthase, S Y N T H A S E, ATP synthase. That's a rotary motor that spins around inside our cells. Uh, it converts electrical energy into chemical energy, and the chemical energy you need is in a chemical called ATP for short. Uh, and you use it for blinking your eyelids or making enzymes that digest your breakfast, if you had breakfast yet. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I'm looking at Shell eating some, and I'm really hungry right now. Yeah, well, I haven't had any yet either, so I'm sort of running running, running on energy. Anyway, um, but uh, you look it up and just see the amazing complexity of these, this motor. This is when there's linear motors that move our muscles and there's linear motors that move there's little transport systems inside our cells that move things around and, and even look at copying the DNA is a, is a rotary motor that spins the DNA to unravel the, the, the twist in the coil. You know, the DNA's got a double double helix. It's got to be un, untwisted so you can actually copy it. And there's a motor that actually spins around and untwists it, you know, as it's read along, you know, and this sort of thing. Uh, it's just like... How can people see this and scientists studying this uh, and say that that the hand that this wasn't invented by a super intelligent creator? You know, like it just doesn't add up. Um, it just doesn't add up. But yeah, the thing is that the Bible says that our hearts desperately wicked um, and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And, uh, and and the point is that we run away from God, you know, and this is, this is running away from God, you know. People won't acknowledge that God made them because if God made them, they're accountable to him. And, uh, in, and of course, we realize we need forgiveness, and that's, of course, why Jesus came to bring 
the, the, the we can be forgiven for our rebellion, forgiven for our sin. And uh, so it's really about the heart, you know. It's not about science. Uh, the science shouts at us that there's a creator, but people won't accept it because, well, they don't want to, they don't want to knuckle under to uh, what God wants us to do. They want to do their own thing. That's what it's about. I I am so thankful, Don, for you coming in today and just sharing uh, your faith, uh, but sharing also the science to give us uh, answers to the questions that we see in the world. Uh, it really helps, at least for me, uh, it helps me to recognize and understand that there's a bigger picture at play. There's things that are happening in the world that help us to know that we're not here by accident. We didn't just evolve. We we were created in the image of God, and we were created beautifully. So, uh, and, for, and for a purpose, and for a purpose. You know, life has a purpose. Life has a purpose, you know. It's not just for nothing. Absolutely. And we, we find that purpose in uh, our relationship with God. So, Don, thank you so much for joining us on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.